What is up, DGAFers? All right, you guys. We are talking about teaching and transitioning to a new job and all those fun things. Yep. So if you've been following us for a while, you know that I taught elementary school for eight years and took a one-year leave and then resigned right before spring break this year to pursue fitness coaching full-time. Yes. And I taught for, what, how many years? Six years. This is my sixth year. And this year is my final year of teaching. And today is officially my last day of teaching forever. 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 (laughs) I've taught for, or I've taught math for six years and I can't believe it's over because I've been literally waiting for this, it seems like, for 9 million years. It seems like This year feels like it's been (laughs) taking light years. Yes. Oh. And this episode is kind of, it's cool. It's kind of different because you're going to hear our full stories about really kind of how we went into education, what we learned, why we left, what we're doing now, and a lot of humor throughout. In between. Yes. (laughs) Some TMI, a little bit of TMI, but- You'll be fine. You will. You guys know us. You do. So it's all good. <laughs> so make sure that you tag us in your stories when you listen because we want to know if you can relate to this. I think, especially if you are in education, I think you may have a lot of the same feelings that we had. And honestly, we would just love to talk to you about that. And if you're not, I think this is a great episode for you too because. I don't know. I just feel like as an outsider in education, we don't really actually know what teachers are feeling and kind of what our perspective is. So it's just nice to kind of hear that end. Um, Because if I was a parent and not a teacher, I think it would be interesting to kind of hear what the teacher's point of view is. Mm -hmm. I feel like we don't get to hear it very often. And that's a good point that you bring that up because um, one of the girls that she's actually on our coaching team and working with us, um, she is an ER doctor. And she, no, she's not. She's a surgeon. Sorry. I bet. <laughs> she's a surgeon. Anyway, yes. she's a surgeon. And she, we had a whole conversation about anxiety the one time. And she's like, wow. She goes, thank you for, for sharing your story with me and your opinions on this. She's like, because I thought teachers just had it easy. Well, yeah. A lot of people like think that, that. That is like the the biggest thing. Like, oh, well, you don't even work in the summer. Yeah. You have breaks like, and yeah. stuff. If we didn't, we would probably all off ourselves. So. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't even imagine. So, yes. so you're going to get a lot of that, the, you know, all the details there. Yes. So. so if you're listening, take a screenshot. Um, tag us on your Instagram stories or in your posts. I am at Lauren Mayer underscore fitness. And I'm at fitwith underscore Jenna Locke. Also, don't forget to rate and review us because we absolutely <laughs> love, love, love reading them. Um, so just on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you're listening to, if you're on your iPhone, click on the podcast app, find our episode or our show, scroll down, you'll see stars, give us whatever star you want, and then also write as a review and you can get it read yeah. on our podcast. So. Perfect. All right. Let's do this. Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realized that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good. The bad. The The ugly. And everything in between. As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a DGA-effer. Like, don't give a bleep. 
or get it. <laughs> oh, but really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a DGAFer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a DGAFer who doesn't give a what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the latter if you're not already there. We're doing today's episode on our teaching history. <laughs> yes, today is my last day with students. Oh. I have to go back. Well, you're listening to this on Friday. So technically, I'm done. <laughs> um, but I true. still have one more day, teacher work day. Um, and Jenna had quit, resigned, retired, whatever you want to call it. Um, as well, recently in March, she actually took a year off to kind of see what she wanted to do and if this was the right decision for her to actually leave teaching and she decided. So her kind of quitting was a little bit different than mine, but Mm -hmm. we both ended up ultimately resigning from our full-time jobs. So we want to kind of take you back to the beginning, tell you our stories and yeah, this will just be a grab a popcorn and hang out kind of day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we also want to, we want to share this and I know that some people might be like, I don't really care like why you quit your job, but We want to share this because I think for so long we thought, you know, once you choose your career and once you're in it, you're in it forever and you're stuck until you retire because that was the decision you made. You spent a lot of money on it in college and, you know, that pressure of this was the decision you made. It's almost like that the B movie when they're like, hurry up, you got to make your life job decision right now and you have to do this for the rest of your life. It's like, I think some people have that mentality mm-hmm. and that thought process. And we just want to tell you like, yes, this is a little bit unorthodox. Yeah. Yes. In a sense. In a sense. But you have to do what's right for you. You have to do what makes you happy. Yeah. Ultimately. I mean, I know it can be terrifying at times. Like, well, you know, it's not everything set in stone and there could, you know, it's a lot of work and a lot of pressure sometimes, but is what you're currently doing worth it? Is it making you happy? Is it stressing you out? You know, what's going on? Absolutely. And I think, you know, we want to start by saying there are stressors in every job. Yes. And, and it's funny because yesterday I actually was on my Instagram stories and I put a poll up and I said, are there things about your job that you don't like doing? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, even though you and I are coaching, oh yeah, there are still things that we don't want to do. There's things we avoid for sure. And it was funny because I had people voting that no, they love every part of their job. And I'm like, that's a lie. That's crap. There's no chance. <laughs> <There's-> <laughs> they they probably love their job, but there are, I'm telling you, in everything, no matter what, there's something, a part of it that maybe you don't hate mm-hmm. doing it, but it's something you like procrastinate on a little bit. Yeah. You don't really love doing. And so I think they were probably just voting that because they truly do love their job. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. I thought that was interesting because I wanted to throw that out there that, you know, I don't want you as you're listening to this to think that you know, everything is perfect and we, we love every aspect of everything. Like we are so much happier. Oh my God. So much happier. And the stress that we have now is fun stress. It's just like anxious and wanting things to, you know, we're so excited because we just created something. We want to make sure it goes well, that kind of stress, I guess. Yeah. But it's not like the 
I want to cry and be in the fetal position in the morning because I have to go Uh and be high strung all day and have low energy and just want to bash my head against the wall because that's seriously how I felt going into teaching every day. And I know that sounds pretty crazy and I probably shouldn't have said that, but that is seriously how I felt every morning. I was like, I know like going, (laughs) I got to the point and I know we've talked about this in other episodes, but I really want to be very transparent with all of you. I mean, when I interviewed for my very first teaching job and got hired on in my interview, one of my questions was, you know, where do you see yourself in five years, in 10 years? Mm -hmm. And I answered and I, I almost didn't get hired because of this. But I answered that I wanted to be an administrator. I mm-hmm. wanted to be a principal. I wanted to go into administration. I was going to go back and get my master's. And I love my first principal that I worked with. Love him to death. And he said, he's like, I loved you except for that answer. He's like, because we wanted a teacher that was going to be full-time. Yeah. So he's like, that was the one thing where I almost didn't hire you because I knew you would leave. Mm-hmm. So granted, you know, he didn't know I would leave in this aspect. Yeah, he thought, yeah. <laughs> But I very quickly learned administration was not a route that I wanted to go. Just yeah. there's so many different pieces and parts of it that, you know, some aspects are awesome as an administrator, but there's so much of it that I would not want to deal with. Yeah. No, I've never even thought about ever wanting to be an administrator. <laughs> I actually, I used to get the question of, you know, do you, you know, when are you getting your master's? I actually never did get my master's and I was like, I don't want to get my master's because I don't want to do anything. Like, I don't want to be a guidance counselor. I don't want to be an administrator. I don't want to do any of that. Do you know how I decided on my master's? Yeah, you said you picked me. Yeah, I literally. <laughs> well, or the one thing you didn't hate. Yeah, because yeah. I I wanted to get my master's strictly to move up on the pay scale. That was well, why. right. That's right. the only See, reason. it wasn't even worth it to me. Yeah. That, is, that wasn't even worth funny. it to me. I was like, I'd rather get paid less than go back to school and get a master's degree. <laughs> that is seriously where I was. That's I was like, hysterical. screw this. So, so yeah. So I thought that I was going to, to go into administration for like a solid three weeks. And then I saw what went into it. I was like, nope, never yeah. mind. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. So like around my probably third year of teaching or so, I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I need to get my master's because I, first of all, you need hours when mm-hmm. you're an educator. And keep your license renewed. And I also wanted to move up on the pay scale. That was literally it. So I am not even kidding, you guys. I went online because I did not want to physically go to classes. Right, absolutely not. No, no way. So I was Googling like online programs, wrote them all out, and crossed out all the ones I didn't want to do. So like counseling, curriculum, administration. I mean, all of that. I just crossed them all out. The only one that was left was instructional technology. And I was like, I actually love technology. Yeah, great. I'm in. Sign me up. I didn't even know that was a master's degree. Okay. Well, it was (laughs) so pointless. I spent thousands of dollars learning how to code websites. Ew. Please tell me. I can't. Like with symbols and letters and numbers and like, no one needs to know how to do that. I had to take that class in college. (sighs) Yeah. And I... I, didn't, this, I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I'm not an educator anymore, so I don't care. Um, when I, I actually <laughs> fell asleep during my final exam in my um, coding class that I had to take, I okay. slept through the whole thing. During the final? Oh, the whole final. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And I was like hungover mm. really bad. And so I was like, whatever. I fell asleep. I don't really remember falling yeah. asleep. And um, 
one of my neighbors next to me gave me uh, some of his answers. Wow. So that I got a B. Well, this will make you feel better because. <laughs> but that was the worst class ever. I had to take it is, twice. That's a bad I failed class. it the first time. Okay. Well, this will make you feel better. Um, did you know, fun fact about Jenna, that I actually got kicked out of the ACTs in high school when I. No. Oh, yeah. I went to take the ACTs. They ripped up my test and kicked me out because they thought I was cheating. Why did they think that? Because I took some bullshit course about how you're supposed to go through and just circle the answers in the book and then go back and fill them all in later. Well, I didn't give myself enough time to like fill in the bubbles and they called time and I hadn't answered any of them. Shut up. So I was like frantic, like bubbling them all in as fast as I could. And literally the proctor came over and I was at, at one of the universities nearby and he came over to me and ripped my test into shreds and kicked me out. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. I have a funny story. This is that, like going in a totally that, different is, direction than we thought. Was, where we thought but I have a funny story. I have test anxiety, like hard core mm-hmm. test anxiety. Okay. So like my whole life going to school, I would study, study, study for tests and I would take them. I'd fail them. Mm-hmm. Like it was cause I, so <laughs> I had to take the praxis exam, mm-hmm. the math one, because whatever, you know, math teacher. So if you're not in education, the praxis is like the test you take to become a teacher. Yeah. So like you, you literally can't get your license if you don't pass it. Yeah. So my test anxiety is literally so bad that this is going to be TMI, by the way. I sit down in, this is my third time taking the praxis because I failed it so many times yeah. because I would have panic attacks and I would like blank out, not even kidding, not even know what I'm doing. Well, and you have to wait a certain amount of time to yeah. take it again. Oh, I would like mm. black out. So <laughs> I'm like, I can do it this time. So I go in, diarrhea. Immediately. <laughs> I get in there. I sit in there. I sit down. I'm ready. I feel very prepared. I studied really hard. Like I'm going to do this. This is how bad my test anxiety is. My body literally, I was so nervous because I had failed it three times and I had to pass it. I got diarrhea. I had I had to go to the bathroom the whole test. So I, I didn't even get to take it. Oh my gosh. So I failed it again. So then I finally passed it. My fifth time I took it. Oh dear Lord. Yeah. My brother has the same problem. He had, he got um, diarrhea once during his during ACT. He had to, yeah. he had to completely leave the ACT and go to the bathroom. He's like, I didn't do it because I can't control oh. my bodily functions when I'm testing. My gosh. Well, okay. To tie this back into kind of the topic we wanted to talk about, <laughs> that probably made you a better teacher. Yes. Because I understand test anxiety. Hundred. So like when parents come to meetings, this is what really pisses me off is when teachers like, oh yeah, they have test anxiety. And like they actually do. Right. Like my it's- body literally shot things out of it because it was so nervous <laughs> to take a test. So you can shut your mouth. Like I totally understood yeah. kids who said they had test anxiety. Yeah. I almost wanted to tell them, don't, I wish I could tell them, you don't need to take the test. Tell me what you know. What do you know? Right. Okay. Just you know that? Tell me. Great. And I think right here, we're really getting into the reasons why we left teaching. Yes. Because there's I, so much testing. <sighs> These kids are getting hammered with things that are not necessary but not only that, like teachers are also have these weird expectations that make no sense. Like they have these expectations for us to like work magic because test results aren't coming back the way that they want it. And I'm like, 
half of these kids don't have a home life. Some of these kids don't have a home life. This kid can barely get to school because no one's there to take them. This kid has an illness. This person has severe test anxiety. Oh, okay. So now let's put a stupid test in front of them. And now you're graded on it, Mrs. Mayor. Yep. Yep. Great. Can't wait to get my results back. (laughs) Right. And not only that, but I mean, I think watching the kids struggle with their confidence and their self-worth. What makes them hate school ultimately? It does. I don't, it's very rare to hear a child tell you they love school. Mm -hmm. It is very rare. And I don't blame them at all. The setting is boring. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't give us enough time to be creative. So yeah, I mean, I would love to do fun, creative things and take them out into the real world and teach them things and do projects that are actually worthwhile. You're going to take time and you're going to pay for it yourself. If you have to do, if you're going to do it, it takes time because the kids need to make a mistake. They need to mess up. They need to redo it 55 times. Then they need to go apply it. It's like, I can't do that because the half of the year would be over. Right. And I haven't gotten through my content that I'm supposed to get through to do this stupid test at the end of the year. Right, right. Well, and I got, I had a lot of slack thrown my way, I guess, because of the pace that that the kids were moving. Mm-hmm. And I am a very firm believer that I'm not moving faster than my kids are moving. Right. I would rather them learn something, master it, know it, than me to sit there at the end of the year and say, okay, I covered all the content, but they don't know shit. They don't know anything. They don't know how to apply any of it in a real world situation because we flew we, through it. We went, yeah, we went way too fast. Oh, I feel like I fly through, I fly through it all. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, kids get to me, I'm a high school, well, I was middle school this year, but I'm normally a high school math teacher. So by the time the kids get to me, they don't even know how to like add integers, which are like positive and negative numbers. Mm-hmm. They can't do three plus negative six. Mm-hmm. They're so con- – and I'm like, how are you in 10th grade? Like, right. because we flew through the material because we had to get to the test. Then we tested them. Then they failed. Then they passed to the next class. And like, it's, it makes a- our job – impossible almost. I know. And I know that there's teachers out there that do a great job and somehow have mastered this. I could not. I couldn't. I c- and I'm done. I'm burnt out. I was burnt out too. I was. And I never thought I would say that. I mean, I fully expected to retire from education. And I think for me, all of this happened. Um, just the anxiety of all the pieces kind of built up over time. And I think you know, I had a very interesting situation where I absolutely loved the first position that I was hired into. I was there for four years, and then I got a phone call on a Friday night in January that they were closing our school, like mm. in the middle, like no one had any idea. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, ev- that was a huge change. Everybody made the best of it. We did the best we could. But when I got to this new position, I did my best to like be a leader and take charge and and do the best for kids and. I wasn't met with the opportunities to be able to be the leader that I wanted to be. You were kind of shut down. Totally shut down. And I think that was where I just got tired of fighting. Mm-hmm. I got tired of of fighting for the, the kids. And I know that sounds awful, but it's like I felt like there wasn't enough that I could possibly do for them. Right. Like you were trying so hard, but like you just kept getting shut. There's nothing you can do mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to listen to your boss or go against them. And I don't know. 
Right. I mean, right. I don't know what would have happened if you would have said, screw you and totally went <laughs> against them. Like, yeah. Well, and it, and it wasn't just that. I mean, there were just, there were so many things. And so that got to the point where I started getting anxiety for the first time, mm-hmm. which I mean, even through college, like I had friends who, who talked about anxiety and dealt with anxiety. And I, I was kind of like the parent, like you were saying that that's like, oh yeah, they have test anxiety, like whatever. Right. Because I never experienced it. I never dealt with it. So I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, I was met with this huge wave of anxiety and I was having panic attacks. And I was, I mean, I called my husband one day last year, literally sobbing on the way to school. And I told him, I said, I would rather wreck my car than go teach right now. Yeah. That's so bad. Because that to me was was a better option to like be hurt for a couple of weeks to take a break from teaching than to go teach. Mm-hmm. Like th- that is not okay. No, that is definitely not okay. It's not okay. And so that was kind of my transition into what I'm doing now because I had stopped working out. I was eating crap. We were, I was in a routine where, you know, we would come home from a long day of work and of teaching and we'd order pizza, I'd sit on the couch, we'd watch TV for three hours and we'd go to bed. Yep. And I'm kind of, I just got to that point where I'm like, is this it? This is what I'm going to do? Like just go to work, come home, eat crappy food and go to bed? Like, this is our like, life. This is what we're doing? And I lived for the weekend. Like I Live. barely got through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday was awesome because we would go out to eat for lunch. We'd go get crap food for lunch with all my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And then I'd come home exhausted, probably from right, the, you ate crap food. Probably from the crap food. But yeah. That wasn't in my head at the time. Right. And Friday was always a blast. I had so much fun Friday. But I was also really tired because I'd yeah. gotten up at the ass crap right. on. Oh, yeah. Saturday was fun, but I still was like, oh, crap, it's already Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Sunday was the worst day of the week. Bye. Terrible. Because the anticipation of what you had to go through again. Yeah. And that was it. That was my life. And so long story short, I started working out. I started eating healthier, got myself back into a routine, and then somehow realized that I could make this a business and help Mm -hmm. other women do the same thing. Well, you started sharing what you were doing on social media. Mm -hmm. And I was following her for a while, (laughs) which it's funny because she had no idea. And I was following her going through the same things that she was going through. I mean, what you just said, like I would go teach all day and then I'd come home and sleep until like 7 PM. I would, okay, this is before I had a kid, but I would like sleep until like seven. I'd wake up, you know how when you like take too long of a nap and you're just like, like, you feel terrible. I would wake up, I'd feel sick kind of in my stomach, like just Mm. really groggy and awful. Then Nick, me and Nick would get Pizza Hut. Like we'd always get Pizza Hut or we would like get Chinese or something. And then I would stay up kind of late, like till like 1145 midnight because I had just napped for three hours. Right. And then I would literally get up in the morning at like 30 five minutes before I had to leave. Mm-hmm. So I would just like rush and get ready. Like I would run through the Burger King drive through I would get myself a sandwich with um, hash browns and a coffee. I would do that. And I would eat at my classroom before the kids got in there. 
that was what I was doing. And I was watching you and I had had my son recently too. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like now I have a kid Mm -hmm. and like, I can't take three hour naps after school and I feel like crap and I have to lose this weight. And I was watching you do your workouts and and I was like, oh my God, I want to do this. And it was (laughs) so funny because at that point I wasn't trying to make this into a business. Yeah, I was sharing it to keep myself accountable and really just to kind of show other people what was possible with yeah. it and how I was getting my own shit together. I just wanted to do whatever you were doing. Because yeah. I was like, she's working out at home and she's telling people about it. And that just seems so fun. And it also seems like you would actually be able to stick to it because you're telling all these people that you're doing your workouts and you're yeah. showing them. So it's like, well, that, I mean, that it's in itself sold me. I was like, I got to do this too. Yeah. And so- Long story short, <laughs> we started working together. And then, I mean, it's just bizarre how all of this happened because it's so crazy. You are literally my best friend in the entire world. And we connected we on. We didn't even know each other. I mean, we con- knew who each other were, but like we didn't know Facebook. each other at all. From the internet. Yeah. It's bizarre. Because you sent me one message one day. I remember I was in the outfield at a softball game with Nick and I was, I can't remember. I was not pregnant. No, you had Cameron. Cameron was like, I had Cameron. Six or eight months old, probably. Yes. Okay. So we were out in the outfield and she messaged me, you know, hey, I just wanted to reach out and see if you would want to, I don't even know what you said. I just was like, yeah. Immediately yeah. after. Yeah. I don't even know what you said. I was like, I've been watching you forever and I just really want to do this. Yeah. And I even remember telling Nick, like, I want to get into the health and fitness some way, shape or form. And I think this is it because mm-hmm. I, I have no training on it. I didn't go to school for it, which yeah. I've kicked myself for not doing that. Cause honestly, I look back and I had always had a passion for it, but I, it wasn't talked about in school as an opportunity. Right. I felt the same. To do. I feel the same way. I've always been into like diet exercise. Granted, my. It's always just been interesting to me. But my experiences were always quick fixes yes. up until this point. Yes. So I think, but yeah, you're right. Like I, I don't remember when I was looking to go to college. I don't even remember this being an option. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a thing. No. At all. Now it's totally different. Now it's like a lot of people do it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it still. Because, like, mm-hmm. I knew that it was more popular like, when I saw you on um, mm-hmm. Facebook doing it and stuff. I knew, you know, there's a lot more people on Instagram and Facebook, like, doing these kind of things. But we, I also want to, if you're listening to this and thinking, like, maybe this is something you would want to do, I don't want you to say, well, I'm not going to do it because now everyone's doing it. Well, no. everyone is not you. And mm-hmm. so everybody has their personal journey. And you relate to certain people that these other people out here are don't. Right. Well, and I can almost guarantee you guys, those of you listening, you probably relate closer to either me or Lauren. Right. Like you're probably For sure. everybody. Yeah. That's how it works. That's why they're, that's why we need more mm-hmm. health and fitness influencers because there's so many different personalities, different health issues, different situations. Um, you, maybe you went through abuse or something. And so you need to follow and be influenced and be helped by somebody who's walked in your shoes. Yeah. So don't sit here and think, you know, well, this kind of sounds like something I'd want to do and say, but it's oversaturated with people. No, it's not it's oversaturated not. with people like you. No one is like you. Mm-hmm. Nobody's been through your experiences or has your, you know, drive or whatever you've got going on. So right. don't your think sense, that Your way. sense of humor, your personality, your your way to connect with people, your story. Everybody your story, has a story is so different than everybody and, else's. And that's what I think is cool is 
the fact that when I signed up to do this, I never expected to do it full time. No, I didn't I, know that was a thing. I didn't even know it was possible. And over the last couple of years, it really just turned into this. And I mean, you and I had a moment last summer. It wasn't until last July. Mm-hmm. And we had this moment and we were like, we're doing this full time. Yeah, we're done. We're going we're gonna to quit, quit teaching and we're going to do this. And we made that decision to go all in. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> we're, you're done. We're both done. done. You're done. We're yeah. about to be doing this full time and be able to travel whenever we want and be able to make our own hours. I know. And I can't wait until a Wednesday night that I want to go out to dinner with my husband and have too many glasses of wine and not care. I know. I can't wait I to know. be it's drunk great. on a Wednesday. It's great. And wake up on a Thursday it's, at whatever time I want. It's great. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and just work. Yeah. I mean, yes, I have a kid, but that doesn't, I mean, he's never an excuse of mine. I live my life to the fullest with a toddler. Yep. And I know you're like, oh, we only have one. Can't wait to have two. Trust and believe I will find a way <laughs> to still make time for me. Yeah, I will. You Even will. if it will be a little bit shorter, I'll still find it. And that's that's what you are an expert in now. You yes, help routines. women get into routine. Especially the mommies. Yep. yep. Especially the moms. And that's I my... think and I think my specialty is helping women build confidence. Yes. And for sure. That's why you and I work so well together. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it blows my mind. And if you sign up with either one of us, you technically get both of us. Right. Because we are a package deal. (laughs) But I, but I also think we are good at this because we were teachers. Because I think deep down, we both have that desire to change lives and to help people and to see, like I made a post the other day about my favorite part of teaching was when one of my kids was like really struggling with something and then they'd figure it out. Yeah. And like, I mean, I taught fourth and fifth grade, so they would like physically sprint yeah, to like me. Get like, so excited. This is lock our load. Like, look, I got it. Or look what I did. Or, you know, and, and kind of pushing them out of their comfort zone, getting them to grow, getting them to like just try things that they would didn't never think about think trying. They could. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I lived for in the classroom. And that's why I left the classroom because there wasn't enough opportunity for no. that. And it's sad. It, it really mm-hmm. is. And like just what Jenna was saying, I had a little experience today after um, we did our little eighth grade graduation today. And I was like in my room, just kind of by myself. It was quiet. All the kids had left. One of my students came into my room and she was crying. And I was like, oh my God, what the heck did I do? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? What did I say? And she basically just said, you know, I've never understood math really. It's always been my worst subject. I've always hated it. And this is the first time that I've actually understood something. And I'm Mm. going into high school, like confident now in math. And I I just got chills. I was like, I couldn't have heard, like God came down was like, I got to have this person come in here and tell you this real quick before you leave to know that you were meant to be a teacher, a school teacher. But now you're on to the next chapter of your life. I feel the exact same way. And close the door. Yep. It was awesome. Great job. Let's do bigger things. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, deep down when people ask me what I'm doing, I mean, we are still teachers. Oh, 100%. We are teaching people how to build confidence, how to get into a routine, how to live their best life, how to change their mindset, how to get into just freedom with nutrition yes, and stop the dieting and the binge eating and all that crap. Like yeah. that is what we're teaching now. Mm-hmm. And I think because we're so passionate about teaching it, 
it feels very different. The rewards are a lot more frequent Mm -hmm. than they were in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a lot, you know, you could have somebody start their routine and the next week they feel like a different person. So it's not like it takes, you know, (laughs) an entire school year and then they finally come back to you next year and like, I actually was a jerk to you, but I really enjoyed your class. Like, (laughs) oh, thanks. Like, I would have helped. 10 months ago. And not only that, but I think you and I both have the freedom to make this whatever we want whatever it to be. Whatever we want. Because we are we are very natural leaders, mm-hmm. I think. Like, I know, I remember in college, um, I was president of my sorority and then president of the whole Panhellenic Council at Kent State University. And again, never really planned on that, but kind of all fell into place. And I had to give speeches all the time. And mm-hmm. I was like the weird person that... Like I'm introverted, but I also can pump myself up yeah. to, to speak and be in front of people. And I would be so excited to write speeches and go talk and like be yeah. the front, like just help people, help them like guide the way, right. I guess. Right. And I felt like when that was hindered, I lost who I was. Yep. I feel the exact same way. Cause I, and I think back to when I played sports, like I, you know, in softball, I played pretty much all the positions, but my true passion position was catcher. Mm-hmm. And the catcher has control of the whole field. Yeah. So, like, I'm yelling out everything. I'm the person directing the pitcher. I'm telling them what pitches to throw. And, like, I'm keeping the eye on the batter. And I think back to that, and I'm like, my dad's always like, are you sure you want to be a catcher? Like, And everyone would tell me, you're not the stereotypical catcher. You're too small. You're too this. I'm like, no. I need... I'm help. I got to control this situation, right? I want to lead this team. I, you know, that's kind of my personality. And I feel as a teacher, it was definitely, um, hindered. And, And I will say, I won't go deep into this, but, you know, starting my school year out, I wasn't welcomed with open arms by some of the staff members I worked with. Um, I was, you know, I hate to say this, but worked with a bunch of women and uh, day one, I was just kind of pushed to the side and not helped. And mm-hmm. um, that stuck with me. And I think maybe if I would have had a different approach or somebody would have actually helped me mm-hmm. at, in, in at the slightest, maybe this would be a different decision. I don't think so. But I just really want people to understand that even though you might be intimidated or maybe you just don't like somebody for whatever reason, like... You can't treat somebody in that sense of just like, I'm the leader and she's not coming in here and I'm going to completely make sure that she fails. Right. That is how I felt. And I don't know if that was their intention, Mm -hmm. but. Well, leadership makes all the difference. And I think that's what we've learned is how to be leaders. So, all right. Well, we could go on and on, but. Could go on and on. We don't want to make this too long. Okay. So (laughs) there's our stories. All right. Until next time. See you guys later.